I'm you, just I didn't do anything this break. It was awesome. You are the worst human being alive. Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slip, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic mass readings and discuss how the word helps you know your God. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Very Good Web Solutions with their innovative design and top-tier customer service. Very Good is leading the charge on website design. Go to VeryGoodWebSolutions.com today to see their prices and products. Welcome back to another podcast of the Ramblings of Beef and Slim. This is Slim, also known as Kyle Cuckelman, and to my right is the one and only Beardy. Father Adam, a.k.a. Beef. And Slim, and, or Tiny and in the Middle. The ampersand, Mr. Kevin Bailey. The thin one. <laughs> the tall and skinny. Can we call you Amp Man? Like from amp. the ampersand, like Ant Man? Get amped. That's. But I like Red Bull better than Amp. I actually went to go get a Red Bull, even though I'd like to go to bed tonight, but they were all gone. Yeah, my bad. Teenagers drank them. I do have three cases in the back of Monica's car that I'm going to bring in. What are you that is literally of the fridge. no help to me whatsoever. You're that stuff to high school students. I don't give it to them. It just is there, and if they choose to take it, <laughs> it's not my responsibility. Thank God I'm not here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I can handle high school students with that much more energy. My mother-in-law was talking this weekend uh, about how terrible that is for your body because Darius' sister drinks like two or three a week. And I was like, but also, it's delicious. So, I mean, I see what you're saying, but it's delicious. I used to go through a ton of those driving back and forth between here and Chicago because I've got sleep apnea and I didn't know it. What? So I was just fighting sleep for 600 miles or four hours. That's, That's terrible. What it took me to do. You have sleep apnea? Uh-huh. Yeah, I could have told you that. Is that a fat joke? No, I've just heard you snore on retreats. Oh. That's a fair statement. When? On Steubenville, especially. The tent. Oh, yeah, because we were outside and I couldn't take it. So I was like, I think I've taken it on the couple trips <laughs> yeah. we've gone on. But like I think that one, you, yeah, you didn't have it that one. Like I had it in the hotel. I didn't have it at yeah. the campsite. Yeah. yeah. Is it so loud that it's almost enough to dull you to sleep? A little bit, yeah. yeah. That's, that's wonderful. Did you hear me stop breathing for seconds at a time? <laughs> <laughs> is he dead? I watched. Uh, we watched <laughs> we Heavyweights last week, and the oh, one counselor is like, you're going to hear a noise while I'm sleeping. It's going to sound like I'm dying, but it is okay. I have a weird sleep disorder. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. Go watch that on Netflix. It's hilarious. Uh, okay, when I first saw that movie, Heavyweights, it was the first time I ever wanted to drive like a go-kart on like a dirt track. No, yeah. uh-huh. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh man. Like one of the best scenes of all movies. Anyway. Uh, well, we're excited you guys are with us um, after we just rambled on. I kind of forgot we were recording during all that. <laughs> I usually forget eight times an episode that we were recording. I don't even know where I'm at right now. Uh, <laughs> In part because you sneak attack or start, so it throws me off. I, I just like it. Well, we uh, sorry we've missed you the past two weeks. We've had an interesting couple weeks with um, you pooping know, dogs. Life. What? Yeah. Pooping dogs. Yeah, my dog has had raging diarrhea. I'm sorry. She diarrhea to in Lowe's. What? It was terrible. In yeah. Lowe's. In Lowe's. D- Lowe's On the is floor. A pet friendly store. Uh huh. Oh, in Lowe's. I was thinking of like how she diarrhea. In loads. <laughs> loads <laughs> and loads of diarrhea. <laughs> and we just lost all of our yep, female the, the, viewers. The, the, Thank the three you. Three people that were listening, they are no <laughs> longer listening. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, so it's been an interesting two weeks, and then it's been hard to connect with Father. And um, so anyway, yeah. That's Kyle made up the sick dog thing because it was the time they were supposed to come down and see me again. And we were going to have some adult beverages. And, and cigars. cigars. I'm still bitter about this. Yeah. I wanted to have some tonight, but Kyle laughed at me because this is a youth room. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Make it smell like a man in here. <laughs> <laughs> Scotch and cigars. I would have gone with a pipe. I like the pipe. <laughs> it makes me look smarter, and I need all the help I can get. Yeah, especially with that face. Ouch. <laughs> I thought I'd do better with the beard. Did you so trim it? covers it up. I trimmed up the sides a little bit. And you trimmed up down here a little bit, Yeah, didn't I you? always do the neckline. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise it looks it good. Otherwise it just You're getting crazy. a little Santa Clausy right know. there it's under the lip. My people. It's being a pastor. My people are listening. I love you, but... You're giving me gray hairs. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's old age. There's actually much less stress where I am now than when I was here. <laughs> <laughs> it's All right. So the first reading of the second Sunday of Advent is from Isaiah 11, 1 through 10. The second reading of Romans 15 through 4 through 9. And the gospel is Matthew 3, 1 through 12. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I got to be totally honest with you guys. I have never really cared about Advent. Until this year. Don't you, give me that look. I'm not looking at you. I decided to look at Kevin to make you fun look of you. <laughs> you know what I keep finding out the more that we do this? Kyle is a terrible Christian. Terrible <laughs> I've hated everything that we've done forever until right now. I've just never... Uh, Very conveniently as a conversion right before we start recording. <laughs> Every week. I've just realized... Hold on. Bear with me. Because I think this is true. Like Lent, in comparison to Lent... I like really prep and really spiritually uh, work during Lent. I've never really done much during Advent. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if that makes sense to you guys or not. No, totally. My, I mean, my intention in going into Advent is always like, uh, I'm going to make this awesome. I'm going to get ready for Jesus. And then I'm like at Christmas Mass like, what, what happened? What happened? Yeah. I ate Thanksgiving dinner last night. I still have pie crumbs <laughs> in my beard. <laughs> You but do, do you know what I'm saying though? Week. Like it's it's uh, very easy to Advent just to pass by without any spiritual maturity happening. Because um, everyone's so. so busy celebrating Christmas before it's Christmas time. Because yes, yes. Sorry, struggling. To like we've got four Christmas parties scheduled in the next couple weeks, and I'm like, but it's not even Christmas yet. Yeah. Like and last have- year, we did our staff party after Christmas. And I actually really enjoyed it. Yeah. To get together and to celebrate everything like a week after Christmas was mm-hmm. fun. I just wanted to let you know of a realization. I'd, I meant to check this out before we started recording. I don't, can't look at Kevin on this. Kyle, we've been doing this for over a year now. Whoa. Our first one went live on November 16th. How do you know that? I went to our website. Oh. TheRamblinsPodcast.blogspot.com. That's awesome. They haven't kicked us off the internet yet. Yeah, I've got an idea. I'm going to do something. That's really cool, though. He we probably won't do it. No, you're right. But he hasn't even posted the last two weeks. Yeah, I know. And we <laughs> recorded them. Painstakingly. Well, wait, did we record two weeks ago? I thought you and I got together and recorded. It. Me and you did. Oh, was it video? Yes. Yeah, and that was... Hashtag bad news bears. Yes, b- bad news bears. Not Not the content. The content, I think, was good, but it was the... Man, but now I know what I'm doing. Anyway, um, point is, I am really excited for Advent this year. I feel like I've prepared myself for Advent, and then now I'm being intentional with our youth group of 
um, like teaching what Advent is and like what it is not. Um, and it's been an interesting, it's been good for me, like just over one week of Advent, it's been good for me, or I guess three days, two mm-hmm. days. What's day? What Today's Monday. It's two Monday. Days. It's been two days. Oh we are almost at the end of the second day of Advent. Oh my gosh, I'm so tired. <laughs> now he will go to sleep and wake up it. on Christmas Eve <laughs> and think to himself, it. I had it. This was the year. <laughs> what happened? Then he'll go back uh, to next year. All right. Um, what do you guys think? What should we do? What are we going to talk about? I love this first reading. All right. Um, let's, let's hit it, Father. Now you want to embarrass Kyle? Pop quiz time. Don't do it. Matthew chapter one. What's it all about? Uh, it's the genealogy. Oh yes, the genealogy. Of I've been Jesus studying. Christ. I've been like I said. I've been trying to study for Advent. I've been ready. He's been reading a scripture That's book. It's not even a My reading scripture though, books for Advent. Oh, I know. I'm not. Pre- I'm not doing it just by the reading. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, yeah, well, yeah. I don't care. But um, aren't you proud of me for knowing that it's the I am genealogy? Very proud of you. I did not expect you to know. Yeah. I thought I was going to embarrass you and get a laugh out of it. No, but <laughs> it's a genealogy. And we've talked about it. I think twice. It's come up since we've been doing this podcast. Probably. And. Um, it's that super boring thing. It's, you know, the three sets of generations are 72 total. Listing three of 16 appoints to the king of David. And as we talked about then, it was... Did anyone else just fall asleep as he said that sentence? I hate you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens is the people have a David king, or Davidic kingdom, right? Yeah. Big military guy. He kills everybody. There, now you're awake again because we're killing people. Yep. Mm, Goes out and destroys all the enemies. But that line, they thought, died off. They lost track of it, which is part of what the genealogy does is it pulls it back up. And so they saw the kingdom as a big, um, a big tree. And so they talked about how it got cut down in the midst of one of the um, persecutions. I meant to look it up, but I did not. Um, but so they, they talk about the shoot shall sprout from the stump of Jesse, which is the first line of our reading for this weekend. And from it, his roots, a bud shall blossom. That's Jesus. So it looks like everything's done. It looks like there's no more hope. It looks like the mm. promises are gone. God's not going to be able to fulfill what he did. And what happens? Jesus is born. So, uh, who can you give me some genealogy of who Jesse is in the? Oh man, I'm sorry. Didn't even think of looking. Jesse is the father of David. Father of David. Mm -hmm. So they're saying after David is the stump, right? Like, is that right? Um, I don't know why they reference Jesse. Yeah, why are they referencing Jesse and not David? So often, I think it's because that. Uh, Jesse was the father of David, and in the same way, Jesus will spring forth from the father. So I think that there's a constant imagery of, of referencing the father in the Old Testament. Oh, 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 oh. And, and oh. That, that general idea. Okay, just like when they say, when the gospel writers are like, Jesus healed the son of this guy. Yeah. I see, okay. Um, yeah. I, I know who you're talking about right now, and I'm blanking on For his the name. life of me, I can't remember who it is, but okay. Cool, I like that. That sounds right. That doesn't sound like heresy, does it? It is not. I'm trying to think of why. Yeah, that's what I was going to, is trying to figure out why they use Jesse as a starting point. But I'm guessing it's for the sake of lineage. Um, like at different times, they reference specifically Abraham. Um, because for a, a sprout, because it says a sprout, uh, a shoot shall sprout and uh, a bud shall blossom. Mm-hmm. For those things to happen, there has to be something that it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So Jesse is the stump that it's coming okay. from. Okay. Um, and then it's you know it goes into like the the gifts or yeah the gifts of the Holy Spirit the wisdom understanding counsel strength spirit of knowledge and, and fear of the Lord. I gotta say that's so cool that 
in the Old Testament, it's referencing the gifts of the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit has not been given yet. Yeah. Right? Like, not in the way that we have it now. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I have a uh, I have a kind of a follow up sort of question: Is the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament would it be represented by the like the f- the fire that the Israelites follow out of Egypt? Potentially, is uh, I've seen different things. It's been a while since I've read this, and maybe you remember from your classes at BC because that's where I heard it. But it was actually any time that was more of an in- or direct talk between a person and God. So like the burning bush yeah. was probably um, I would be the second person to turn it down. At the same time, whenever a person is acting, all three are present. You can't separate them because of how God works. Yeah. So it's flawed language to put it just on one. Um, but is the Holy Spirit represented? But since it's guiding and is an error, I have I've seen scholarship, and I don't know if the church has definitively said I've seen scholarship that's gone both ways okay. on that. Um, but I feel like isn't it saying that the Spirit of the Lord rested on like the prophets and stuff like that? So like when Isaiah is prophesying this. It's because the it's Holy Spirit the is, Holy Spirit is resting on him, just not to the the extent because Jesus, you know, was one hundred percent God and one hundred percent man, mm-hmm. but he, while was on earth, operated as a man, in the full capacity of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, with full relation to wisdom and understanding and counsel and strength. Mm. He did. Yep, he was fully man, but he also had the full divinity with him. But yeah, it was completely entered in our humanity, and with the prophets, the Holy Spirit came down, rested upon them while they did their work or while they're doing a part of their work, and then left again. They didn't indwell in the person the way we get as the way it is The way it is in so us. They were, yeah, they were not temples of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus says in the Gospels, it's better for me to go yeah. so that the advocate or the paraclete There's a greater one can coming. come. Yeah. Yeah. So he can come, and he will dwell within you. And so, yeah, the Holy Spirit is definitely active. Okay, so, Father, I got a, I got a question along that vein. And we're like, I think we're getting off track, but I love this conversation. That's our podcast. Yeah. yeah. But... Um, Along that same vein, if Christ is saying, I have to go because there's one greater than I coming, referring to the Holy Spirit, why would we not, as a church, as a people, be more, like, we always talk about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Why are we not seeking this personal relationship with the Holy Spirit just as much as we are? With, and you're right, you can't separate them. They are, one, right, they are one in three. But when we talk about confirmation, I'm just going to use confirmation as an example, mm-hmm. We rarely are seeking a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a beautiful question, and it's one that's good for pondering beyond this. But I think part of it is because Jesus did take on flesh, it's easy to mm. see our relationship with him and talking to him, and it was through his death that he saved us. So Plus, it's just, it's, maybe it's just because it's more tangible? I think that's a part of it. And I think is what we miss focusing on with the Holy Spirit is the work that he does through us. I think that... One of our great temptations is our timidity and mm. not trusting the Holy Spirit working through us. Yeah. You don't like that word. No, no, no. I love it because uh, Kevin has been actively not timid <laughs> in the acting of the Holy Spirit. It's been awesome to hear about. It's good. Yeah. And we have to be, act, you have to consciously work against it, it seems like. Yeah. And, you know, I think picking up on that vein, because Jesus was a person, like it's more natural to have a relationship with yeah. him as a person. Um, but when Jesus says, you know, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. And as Jesus is perfect, we do that by welcoming the power of the Holy Spirit into our lives and doing the things that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And that's why he says, you know, you will do the things I did and greater things than these will you do. And that's when we are, um, I don't want to say in relationship with the Holy Spirit, but allowing the Holy Spirit to work through us. Yeah. So when we're in a relationship with Jesus, it allows the Holy Spirit to work more fully into our lives. Into it, yeah. We just have to be open to that, that Not working. being that timidness mm-hmm. that Father's talking about. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. And when we do that, when we live that out well, so I'm doing, I'm working on doing series of homilies because I get tired of saying the same thing over and over, which is I catch myself doing if I don't. So I've been actively trying to work on it, as you push me to do, <laughs> from Kyle. That took two years. As much as I hate two it. Two years. Well, it's different when I preach to everybody every week. When than it's when, you, yeah, yeah. When I've only got a third yeah. of the masses and I'm yeah. rotating. Um, <laughs> but awesome. so I'm trying to, I'm putting, of course, the four Advent ones together. So last week I focused on our goal. So mm. we start with the goal in mind and then going from that and then stepping back tangibly um, into what it looks like with the birth of Christ and our gospel for the last week of Advent. But so the last third of this goes into the peace that we'll have. So the lion... Um, shall eat hay like a eat hay like the ox. Mm-hmm. The cow and bear shall be neighbors, and just the peace that you have. But it only comes if we trust in the work of the Holy Spirit. If we trust in God doing the work that He promised to do, and we we start to put it into practice, so we live boldly and put our let the Holy Spirit work through us in very tangible ways. Mm. And I love that He ends this right after that by saying that as the signal is set out for the nations, the Gentiles shall seek it out. Mm-hmm. And that's just so awesome. And I've been, uh, I just watched Full of Grace, the movie about Mary's last days on oh, Netflix. Yeah. And um, it was so cool to watch this interaction and them to reflect on Jesus and like to see Peter struggling to lead the church in the beginning and like what it might have been like for him to argue with Paul mm-hmm. and about some of like as they were defining doctrine and stuff like that. And to see the Gentiles trying to come and fighting the laws and, and everything like that. Um, and I was going to make a really awesome connection. And I'm and you forgot it. And it's, it's gone. I, okay, so I got, a, I got one that I've been thinking of. And I'm talking about this in at youth group pretty soon. But, um, and the Gentiles shall, shall seek it out. The, um, the idea that shepherds were told about Christ's birth. Like, shepherds were nomads. They were very untrusted. They were dirty, unclean people. And that they were the fir- some of the first ones to know of Christ's birth that were supposed to go and proclaim it. I think that's a really cool deal. Father's got something. I do. Will. So, in the Old Testament, we have a problem whenever God's people stop moving. I didn't even think of the what? shepherds as nomads. So, in the Old Testament, God never <laughs> wanted the temple to be built. That was yeah, yeah, um, yeah. David and Solomon who built it, decided we need to have a place for, for God. But when they're mo- on the move is when they're... When they do well, it's when they stop and set up camps. So like, when do they build the golden calf? When they set up camp, yep. and Moses goes up the mountain. Um, mm. And there are other examples mm. of that. And so it's Whoa. a reminder for us is we have to be a pilgrim people, um, which is what parishioner means, parakoi, I think, in the Greek. But it means pilgrim. It's someone on the move. And it would make sense that they are people on the move. And which is what, um, so Gentiles, um, there's a Vatican II document on the proclamation of the gospel to the people of God, or to the whole world, not just the Christians. And it talks as agentis to the people. Um, and it speaks of that fact that it's, the gospel is open to everybody just by them being human beings. I think there's that sense of them being on the move spiritually is what opens them up. They're not closing on themselves. or seeking God with that idea of being on the move. Yeah, mm. that's cool. I'm going to throw it into a homily. Good job, Kyle. Uh, see, I told you I've been preparing for Advent. I'm like really... Just doing well. You got like the first three days down. Good job. <laughs> Give it up. Jerk. <laughs> <laughs> sure. All right. We got it. We've been on reading the first read. It's just fun. I, I've never known scripture as well as I do now, I feel like, to where I can actually, like, especially Isaiah. Isaiah is just so much fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. And then to sit and talk and ask questions with you guys. It's like I could sit there and talk about that reading this entire podcast and never get to anything else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I know we need to. So reading two, Kev. Go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> you know, it's ironic. He ends 
the second one, therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises <laughs> to your name. Cool. And, you know, just always going back to the idea of, of going out um, and bringing in, the, bringing in the good news. And, you know, we talked about last week, which you guys didn't get to hear, about how the first two weeks of Advent are ordered towards uh, the Lord's second coming um, and our own particular judgment when we die. And so when we see these lines referring to the Gentiles and, and going out amongst the people, uh, we have to remember that, like, right now, uh, in these first two weeks, we're preparing for Jesus' second coming. And so to do that, we need to be reaching out to those people who are, aren't, believe, aren't believers, who mm. have fallen away from the faith. Um, we need to be witnesses, signals to the nations, as they said in Isaiah, uh, and, and praise the Lord among the Gentiles. You know, how often, uh, how powerful of a witness it is to pray in public before meals, um, mm-hmm. to just stop in the streets. I remember I was driving past the library uh, a couple weeks ago, and I saw some guy just lay hands on another guy and start praying with him. Because um, I know there's the big Protestant church in Grandview that uh, they do that all the time. And I was like, that's an awesome witness because I know that people are driving by in this busy street and they're seeing that mm-hmm. happen and they may not understand it, but they're seeing something and that's a witness. Yeah. And that's, that's pointing to that the Lord is not yet finished with his work here, um, but that he's still coming. That's cool. I've, I've been thinking, um, so this first week of Advent, I have been thinking about King Herod and him seeking Christ. And he, you know, he was seeking out Christ for personal gain and stuff. But when it says, therefore, I'll praise you among the Gentiles and sing praises to your name. I've been asking myself this question. Why am I seeking Christ this Advent? Like, am I doing it for my own personal gain or am I actually wanting to sing praises? Am, am, I, am I seeking Christ humbly willing to let God do something to me or am I seeking Christ for Christmas so that I can have presents or that I can look better or whatever maybe? Um, yeah. Anyway, I just had that thought. That's cool. Um, so what stuck with me, so in this idea, as I said, I've got this theme of going of what it looks like to be um, a follower of Christ to prepare ourselves for the gospel. So the first week is just setting the goal before us and trying to avoid the bad things that Paul talked about um, a couple of chapters before. I think it was 13 last week on uh, orgies and drunkenness mm-hmm. and licentiousness <laughs> or stuff like that. It's always fun to repeat those words in the homily. <laughs> At two of my masses, there was coughing fits when those things got listed off. So part of me was like, there were what? Coughing fits. Oh. <laughs> I was like, is somebody trying to not have the word orgy said at mass? <laughs> like it's in the Bible. Anyway, uh, but this week is going to be more on um, starting to do the good. So the first one was avoid, see the goal and avoid the bad and start taking on the good. And then it's going to pick up even more. But with this idea where Paul says, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to think in harmony with one another. But this idea of endurance and encouragement that means, again, that we've talked about ad nauseum, is that to live the gospel at times is hard. And we have to make those sacrifices to do so. And is what I think speaks in a beautiful way to the Gentiles, those who are not Christian, is seeing the joy that we have, especially in the midst of suffering. I mean, there's a lot of people we know that have been converted. Um, some of our saints, have, they see, like the sisters who you know, take care of the sick people um, mm-hmm. in the hospitals or, of course, Teresa of Calcutta being a great example. But they see them living that out and the joy that they have in the midst of their suffering, and yet they're enduring and they have the encouragement and they see that lived out. I think that's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit works through us is us struggling through our faith. And as you said, trying to, what's, what am I going for in this Advent season? And trying to struggle with what's my true motives. I mean, you can have not bad motives of wanting to get to Christmas and celebrate that day well, mm-hmm. but you can have even more beautiful ones of entering into wanting to possess Christ and the gifts that he has for us. And I think that wrestling with it is part of what encourages us, especially when we share those joys in an awesome way. Yeah. 
when they come our way. Yeah. All right. Should we move on, Kev? Yeah. You got you ready for the gospel? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. This is my favorite line. All right. Why don't is you start? when John is you know talking to everyone and he's telling you you know you guys say that Abraham's your father, but God can raise up children from stones. Like, boom. And then you know every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Boom. I am baptizing with water for repentance. That's a great thing. But the one coming after me is going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And I think that those, like, those ideas that, like, I mean, he just decimates us. Mm -hmm. Just, like, I I don't need you. I can raise up people from stone. Like, if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, if you're not bearing fruit, I'm throwing you in fire. But if you Mm. do come to me, I'm going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And, like, those are just some of my favorite images, that idea of the Holy Spirit coming down and filling us uh, with fire. And, you know, I've seen the Holy Spirit do some ridiculous things, especially in the past six months. Um, And this reading gets me excited to, to, to go out and talk about that more. My, my favorite line in this one is, you brood of vipers. Mm-hmm. Like, every time I read that, I think, ah, John's yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't yell at me, John. My wife, um, she's really bummed when she learned that there's no marriage in heaven because her plan was to leave me in heaven and marry John the Baptist. She's <laughs> <laughs> holding to that death through your part, huh? Yeah, yeah. She was really holding on to that. Um, Father, what do you got? So it was what I love, and I didn't even plan this. Look at the Holy Spirit. See, he does work. Is This gospel is showing... You're putting into practice what I just said about um, living the gospel well. Mm. And so what is John doing out there? He's wearing um, clothing made of camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist. His food was locust and wild honey. And so he's living the life of a penitent. He's out there suffering for the sake of the people out in the wilderness. And the wilderness isn't just um, supposed to just be, you know, harsh living conditions. It's supposed to speak of the spiritually harsh things, too. And so think of those who go into hostile um, spiritual society or cultures like those who are missionaries. Wait, um, what is it that Pope Francis, Father Augustine, told the story? Somebody asked him, like, what's the best story? So Father Augustine's office was like right down the way from Pope Francis's, and Father Augustine, he somebody asked him, like, what's the best story you heard about Pope Francis or you saw or something? And uh, Father Augustine said the best story was some missionaries were leaving like the next day to go to China mm-hmm. and be Christian missionaries in China, which you can't be Christian. I mean, you can be Christian. You just can't publicly be Christian. And they're really worried and everything. And, and so Pope Francis goes, well, what's the worst that could happen? And then he replies to himself, well, I guess they could chop you up and serve you with noodles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was thinking of hostile environment. And I uh-huh. thought of that. Well, that's uh, China was coming to my mind because yeah. they will kill those who are not in the state-run Christian church or Catholic mm-hmm. church. Um, but then, like our North American martyrs who had their fingers, because the priests, especially, um, it's not emphasized as much now in the new um, translation, but in the Mass before 1962, the extraordinary form now, the f- index finger and the thumb were given special pride. They were called the canonical digits. One you have to have to be a priest because oh, those that are the ones why? that you hold up the host. Uh, and so, because the, they thought there was power, magic power in those fingers, the priest took care of them, and they were, you know, there's special attention given to them. Like, even now, a priest will wash his fingers or mm-hmm. wipe them off on the corporal. I've got servers now who will pour water over my fingers that I used to communicate the congregation. 
they, they ate their fingers because they thought there was power there. And so they, they cut would off, what? They, they ate cut their, off their fingers. fingers and ate them. Priest? Yeah. Because I thought that's where the power was. And then the Native Americans cut off the priest's fingers oh. and ate them. Thank oh. you for filling the gap. Oh. I was like, what is he not getting? Oh. It was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Crazy. You joke, but it does happen. So the Pope wasn't completely joking. I don't know if the Chinese would eat them with their soup, but <laughs> I think that's not where their culture is right now. Um, but oh, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Uh-huh. So like early North American priests. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they came over and they couldn't what really communicate at? with them. So they didn't speak English. They were French and I was like, it was French onion soup. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. I'm a terrible person. Yes, I'm going to confession. You said that with so much shame Whatever. in your voice. <laughs> <laughs> All I could think about was that Matthew McConaughey commercial where he's driving. <laughs> All the Lincolns. I'm rolling a booger. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have TV. I don't know that one. Anyway, so Sorry. John the Baptist and the North American martyrs, and potentially these martyrs here are going to be eaten in China. Um, but what we see with them is when they do it, eventually there is fruit that's born. So John the Baptist is lives such a virtuous life. He gets, um, like, not accused, he gets uh, people confused for being Jesus. They say, are you the Messiah? Um, and he says, no, I'm not worthy to untie, or to, worthy to carry his sandals, what he says here. Um, emphasizing that somebody mightier than he is coming. Um, and so we see him in that mm-hmm. uh, that role of proclaiming the good news through his life, through his sacrifice. I love the uh, that fire is used to destroy and for good, back and forth in this reading at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was getting ready to talk about that. But yeah. Um, I have this idea, and uh, I'm going to throw it out here, and I'm going to really hope that it's not heresy, because I've been thinking about it for a while, um, that, this, that when we die— uh, God is the same, but it's our how we encounter him that's different. C.S. Lewis. And so, like, in heaven, like, the fire is, it's warmth, and it's great, and it's good. And in purgatory, it's purifying, and in hell, it's unquenchable and unbearable mm-hmm. um, because it's a rejection. It's that, that love and, and how we interact with it in the afterlife that, that, that goes on. And that's what we see here is that, you know, when we're thrown into the, we're going to be thrown into the quote-unquote fire of God's love when we die, but it's how we um, relate to that love uh, depends on how we experience it cs that, that's a c.s lewis theory i think isn't it c.s lewis from the great divorce yeah actually i just listened to that on my car rides on thanksgiving really because uh-huh. i think that's his, his one of his ideas is like and i don't think he uses fire i think he uses in relation to love like if you love god or if your life is centered around god then when you are present next to god it will be calming it'll be peaceful mm-hmm. but w- if you don't and you hate God and you're next to God in heaven or in the afterlife, it will be, tor- it'll be like hell. It'll be tormented because you'll be mm-hmm. so close to that peace, to that love, mm-hmm. but it, the same idea of, yeah. of fire. And in it too, you as a, as two images of fading away as you, cause you're sent before these different beings in heaven who are coming to, to introduce you to God and to take you into the fullness of heaven. Mm-hmm. In deep heaven, I think is what he calls it. Um, they're, they're, People who've already died are their angels. They go back and forth. But either they, they shrink back down into the tiny little crack, which is mm, hell mm-hmm. or purgatory if they don't stay there, um, or they just sort of fade away, or they become more tangible, more real of who they truly are. Mm. And Because a the guy in it starts to talk about how he can start to see colors more fully the deeper he goes or the closer he starts to move towards. He starts to able to touch the ground again because before he can't move a blade of grass. Mm. Um, 
no, it's a beautiful thing. And yeah, it's whether or not, it's where your love, where your focus is. So I don't think it's heresy, but I don't think it's Catholic teaching. It's in the scope of what's allowed to be held, but it's not definitively taught. But the because the Catholic Church doesn't have like specific teachings on heaven, hell, or purgatory. It's still yeah, it's pretty vague. Yeah, like there's very little in the catechism about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says, yeah, perfect peace, but what exactly, what does that mean? Yeah, what does yeah. that mean? And like some people, some of our theologians have posited that since God is eternal, all heaven will be is falling more deeply in love with him. Oh. And it's outside of time, so it's not like day after day born. It's just, you know, perpetually. Yeah. Perpetually. And by extension, getting to know all of creation more intimately, too. Mm-hmm. I, I had someone pose this question to me one time that if God is infinite, so even in, our, in, in heaven, God will still be be infinite so even all the questions that we have about god currently in our human form when we die if we get all those questions answered then god is contained and god is no longer infinite so even we can't assume that when we get to heaven we have all these questions answered and everything because god is infinite and it won't matter that first of all those questions don't matter because if you're in perfect peace and that's what job is job has these questions he wants for god then when god comes on the scene and gives it's not we wouldn't say full experience a guy but when god comes and he gets his experience it's like i don't care anymore yeah exactly <laughs> yes. in front of you yeah that's all he wants yeah and i think it'll be the same thing with us um i know this is true i think for kevin i'm gonna speak for him um <laughs> hope that's all right it's terrifying <laughs> don't let him but the the idea of the holy spirit and i i love this gospel reading because john the baptist knows something different than what we know about baptism like he has this understanding, and it's a little bit um, immature because he just has never seen the Holy Spirit. You know, like, he doesn't know for sure, but he, the way he speaks about baptism of the fire, baptism of the, in the Holy Spirit, baptism in fire, is just so much grander than the way we speak about it right now in the, in the church as a whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Um, all right, I'm done. What do you got? You got anything you guys want to end on? What should be our challenge this week? Are you proclaiming the gospel where it's difficult? Mm. I'm going to encourage you to go to Netflix and watch Full of Grace. You know, as Mary's preparing for her death uh, and everything like that, go reflect on, on that and, and that closing moments. And I mean, just the whole movie is just beautiful. Uh, and I thought it was a really great preparation for Advent in a weird way. Um, the link to that will be in the description. Awesome. Yeah. Um, mine man if you're not i for me advent's been different these two days have been different because i'm intentionally surrounding myself with advent like trying to prepare myself for christmas um like i wrote a guide like a little guide for our students just for advent because our parish didn't give one out this year um so if you don't have like something to follow this advent go find something if you need one there'll be a link in the description that i wrote for teens but I mean, it probably will work. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate you guys being here. And um, yeah, talk to you later. God bless. Peace. Welcome to the Ramblings of Beef and Slim, your weekly companion to help you unpack the Catholic Mass readings and discuss how the Word helps you know your God.